Hey everybody, welcome to another spooky episode of a Pop Cultish. Spooky. Yeah, because the podcast knows that Michael Myers is key to Halloween. Just promise not to watch all the Austin Powers movies in one sitting. Yeah. You know, the good? other Michael Myers? Oh, there you go. <laughs> now two and two is together. I'm Tony Shaw, my lovely wife Emily is across hey. the table. It's Halloween time, of course, so we're going to chat about uh, what else you do during the the Halloween season. You watch some scary movies. Scary movies. Yeah, get scared and you have some fun. We've got oh. we've got a, a good affinity for, for watching a lot of scary movies together, but we've also got some friends that just don't like swear off scary movies. Like, they can't do it. They can't handle it. And I'm like, literally, what you're looking at is 100% not real. Like, it's not, you can't even touch it. It's not happening to you. Yeah. It don't, it does not compute. Like it's very clear that you're going to a movie theater, <laughs> sitting down with your popcorn, watching something that's been created for the screen. But I mean, that's, I guess, yeah. the hallmark of an effective scary movie. If you can, you know, if it makes you jump and makes you legitimately, you know, it invokes yeah. those those feelings of fear in you, then I guess it's mission accomplished and some people just can't handle it, I guess. So. There's always that. I mean, I love scary movies and I love to be scared, as you know, but there's always like that. When you leave a really scary movie, like you have that weird feeling that like you're like, oh, ghosties are everywhere. Yeah. Like weird stuff's going to happen oh. to me today. It makes you think about Nothing stuff, ever so. does, of course. I mean, I'm not too proud to admit that, like, it, it took me a while to get, not to get into scary movies, but it took me a while to, like, appreciate them. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, even, like, being in college, and I, I, you know, like, like this, for whatever reason, this is stuck in my head, is, like, my first year of college, like, in, as a freshman in college, I went with my roommate to see, um, in the theaters, I went to see I Know What You Did Last Summer, mm-hmm. which is not widely regarded as a very scary movie or a very, but I remember, like, I remember coming out of that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that, that movie was really was really cool and then like later that year i sat down uh i think probably around halloween time i sat down and started watching like ifc and got to see some classic scary movies like uh nosferatu was on and Mm -hmm. night of the living dead and then i was like all right this is a scary movie like this is what counts like there's obviously varying levels and and this stuff is is the real stuff yeah i mean yeah I like all levels of scary movies. You know, I think that some are more effective than others. Like I've said before, I don't consider zombie movies to be particularly scary in, you know, in the sense that I'm like on the edge of my seat and can't, except for if it's Walking Dead. But like, you know, like I can't, like Mm -hmm. I can't watch. I have to look away or whatever. I find zombies to be a little more campy, even if they're not intentionally supposed to be that way. I I love zombies, you know, this, Um, but... I I guess the things that scare me the most are the things that I know can never happen, which is weird, which doesn't really make any sense. But I'm the most scared by things that have like supernatural happenings because I, you know, because I know that that will really never happen. So it's fun to get kind of lost in that kind of idea whereas you know like slasher films like there legitimately could be a crazy guy following me in the alley and that's real terror that i would like not to feel that's terror <laughs> so you're saying the more outrageous the premise is the more kind of intrigued you are yeah. in terms of so so like human centipede is is, is no go for you because yeah. we, anybody could do that anybody could do that you just Any, slap yeah. a couple bodies together just yeah i'm sure it's happening right now somewhere in the world mm, it's terrible to think about <laughs> Eli Roth movies have hold nothing for you, so yeah. I mean, yeah, just different. All right. So if you had to pick like a like a top 
scary movie oh, that you've seen or like a top three or, or you know like that. like ones that <laughs> ones that jump out at you in in your mind is like these are like these scary movies for me or you know not even like you said because there are very levels of scare yeah not even like like these scariest just like the ones that remind you of like the horror genre or like this this kind of halloween yeah. vibe I think that the insidious movies are brilliant. I think that they are really scary and they are really, really good jump scare Mm -hmm. films. And they they don't use obvious jump scares, which is, I think, what makes them so good because, like, you just never know. Like, you literally never know yeah, what's going to come to you. Yeah, we recently just yeah. saw the Insidious third one. Three, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I like the idea of that movie to where there's these two separate dimensions, kind of, right? Where mm-hmm. the dead... Well, they never really explain if it's like a heaven or hell situation, but that's just the further is just this dimension where spirits live, right? Yeah. And then there's us and... Every now and then something happens and it, they get crisscrossed. And I just think that's cool. And certain special humans get to go into the further and kick some ghosty ass, which is cool. And I don't know. I like I like the Insidious movies a lot. I also really like a movie called Trick R Treat. Yeah, Trick or Treat. Yeah, we discovered this just last, uh, last Halloween. No, it was before? two Halloweens okay. ago. And yeah. we picked it up at like a four ninety nine bin mm-hmm. at like Walmart. And we were like, this looks interesting. So good. Yes. So cool. It's like four separate stories, right? Four or five maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all set on Halloween night. And they're, you think at first that they're just like random stories, but then at the end it like reveals to you like how they were all connected. And it's really cool and it's really scary. And my favorite one is, um, the kid with the pumpkin. He has a name. The little kid who has the pumpkin yeah, for I a head. I, he I has a name, but his, I forget his name. Yeah. Sam. Sam. Oh yeah. Um, he watches for people who blow out the lights in their pumpkins too early, and then just fucks them up. Oh, <laughs> there it went. There. <laughs> so there's the, Sorry, there's everyone. the uh, explicit tag for this episode. It's always me. It is. Oh well. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, no so yeah i love that movie um and you know also i feel like like you said i think classic horror movies are great i think rosemary's baby the first one or the original Mm -hmm. is amazing i love that movie um yeah it just it just really depends i think it's hard to make a good scary movie i think but once you do it's great yeah that's true. To all you filmmakers out there. Listen to that <laughs> insightful you... commentary. It's hard to do it, but once you do it, you've done it and it's good. So <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what about you, Tony? What are your favorites? Um, well, you know, uh, you know, like I said, um, uh, if I had to pick an all-time favorite, it would it would probably be night of the living dead and and not to go too uh too diatribe on 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 the zombie thing but but here for, we go no well i mean you, you know <laughs> you know that I, uh, zombies hold a special place in my heart as a as someone who has a you know a zombie reviewer and has a zombie book series and things like that um shameless plug to me uh thegorescore.com <laughs> go check it out amazon number one kindle bestseller um anyways <laughs> moving on uh, the the big thing for me about zombies is some some something along the lines of what you were saying in terms of like it like it could happen you know because I mean there's new 
viruses and new medical things that we're discovering all the time that, you know, things that we don't have explanations for and things like that. But more so than that, I think the real horror in zombies is that they, in their classic form of these, you know, shambling, mindless monsters, you know, they have one, one goal, one thing they want to do, and that's to feed and they don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, they don't distinguish you from the president of the United States. They're they're coming after you, and they don't care who they used to be, which is yeah. uh, many times just as equally as terrifying. We see it in movies like Shaun of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, did this where a friend or a relation comes after you as a zombie, and they are not that person anymore. Right? Do you have it in you mentally to put that person like to kill them again you know to get them away from you to stop them from harming you 100 i mean that's that's part of the scary thing i mean you say that now but you know i mean if if you're in a zombie apocalypse and you see you know your your grandmother or your mother on the front lawn shambling toward you do you can you put a bullet in i'd probably just run away like i'd probably just run she's gonna she's gonna keep coming well i would do like a Walking Dead maneuver. You say that, but like, but then, but, but then, of course, there's the whole thing. All like, right, fine, I'd kill them. I would kill them. Well, but uh, again, I'd kill you without hesitation. Yeah, right. If Please. if your dog died and came back, and we've established that that doesn't happen. Yeah, whatever. Well, you never know. Also, there's a discrepancy. I feel like a little bit, and obviously, all everything in movies is up to interpretation. But I feel like haven't there been a couple zombie movies where they have said the main, the disease. Like the main thing that the infected think about is spreading the disease, right? And wasn't that maybe isn't wasn't that kind of the preface of that Helix show that we started and gave up on, where like when when you became infected, you, the main goal was to spread the disease, not yes. necessarily to eat other people, but to bite them yeah. and spread the disease. So is that the same? Yeah, as Dang, as, like the, which, as the zombie, which zombie will you be? As the zombie genre has grown, that's something I that's the the key of the the difference of the stories being told, is that sometimes you get to zombies where they want to just eat flesh. Then you get you know like a Return of the Living Dead where they want to eat brains, and then you've got like a twenty eight days later the Rage Virus where they're not quite dead, but they're also obviously very fast running. You've got thinking zombies, slow zombies, yeah. fast zombies. You know, um, uh, you know. I mean, there's 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 all sorts of different types, and that's kind of the cool thing about the about the genre, and uh, you know, a lot of horror genres in general. We've seen that with vampires. There's been varying degrees of vampires and and mummies and things like that. So right. Well, and there's also that movie Warm Bodies, right, where mm-hmm. the main character zombie was was aware, like he was conscious. Yep. But his body was not letting him be the person he was supposed to be. But like he was still aware of what was going on. And I remember in that movie too, there were people, zombies, like him. And then there were also different zombies that were like crazy and screechy and running around and killing. The premise is that the the, the further that your body breaks down, the further that your brain breaks down as well. But when you first turn, your brain is still active and aware and you know what you're doing. So, so yes, that's a, um, again, that's a, just a, you know, as the, as the genre grows, both through movies and books, you know, written things, graphic novels, things like The Walking Dead, you know, there are many different types of stories to be told and people want to put a unique spin on them. And, right. You know, you know, I love the people who, this is totally random, but I see all the time the people who are like, 
totally prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Can't wait for the zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, listen, I love The Walking Dead. And I love to think that I am a total badass. But I want to die like on impact. Like I want to be the first one gone. I don't want to scavenge for food. I don't want to have to run away all the time, even though I do love my cardio. Like I can't like I want to be the first one to go like just or I'll probably just like jump off a bridge or something. I mean, the whole goal, obviously, in most of those movies, the whole goal is to try their their thought process is to try to survive until the threat is eliminated and things go back to normal. Uh, obviously, things are never going to go back to normal. Rarely does that happen. Except so. for, okay, another one that we just saw was that World War Z where mm-hmm. things were kind of at the end. Yeah. They, they were trying to, because they found the, the eh, they had discovered ooh, a, the, a spoilers. They found sure. a vaccine. That's fine. If you haven't seen World War Z by now, yeah, you're, you're probably fault. not going to see it. So. <laughs> um, anyway, we're getting off topic. With Doctor Who in it. That was a funny, uh, funny, funny bit of trivia sidebar. Peter Capaldi, the current 12th Doctor from Doctor Who, was in World War Z, and he played a doctor in the World Health Organization, which, of course, is WHO. He was credited in the credits as Who Doctor, and this was months before he was announced as Doctor Who, so... Ooh, <laughs> serendipity! Wow, it's one of those funny things. I, I, I'm gonna forget the almost forgot that Capaldi was in there. I, so. Yeah, I did, I did too. That's okay. I remember that I read that somewhere and thought, "Oh, that's cool," but then I had forgotten about it until literally just now. That's fair. Until you so, said that, but yeah, no, I mean, zombies. It's it, it, it's fun for me to watch, whether it's a Resident Evil or you know, a 28 Days Later. I mean, you know, I've got you know back on back on the shelf there. I've got. Uh, probably close to a hundred zombie movies in there of all sorts, you know, zombie comedies, zombie, you know, scary ones. um, I mean, classics, new ones, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. But, um, but that, you know, again, I find zombies scary based on the premise, but in terms of like, like super scary movies for me, the ones that I enjoy watching the most, I Mm -hmm. think as I kind of go through the mental repository here, I tend to gravitate, towards really getting into and really being scared by um, the sci-fi horror crossovers, movies like uh, Event Horizon. Mm -hmm. Event Horizon is brilliant. If you have not seen Event Horizon... Literally, I'm really annoyed I didn't think about this in my like top yeah. horror movies. But like stop everything that you're doing, like pause this podcast right now and go and find a copy of Event Horizon 100%. and sit down and educate yourself because you'll crap your pants, but you, it'll be awesome at the same time. It is a brilliant movie. Yeah. I just got really excited because it's, you just reminded me of how good that movie is. It's a great film. We, could, we should easily watch that again here during the, during the season, but... But yeah, I mean things like that, and you know, like you said, Alien. Uh, you know, they're the, the those sci-fi kind of crossovers are, yeah. are are fun for me. Even I mean, it's a stretch, obviously, but even like um, you know, established horror franchises when they when they dip their toes into the sci-fi, like um, people tend to talk crap about it a lot. But I thought that Jason X was actually pretty cool. Jason X was the, was, was the one that actually was, was took, it took place in space. Jason's body had been frozen in the future and was on a cargo freighter and gets thawed out and wreaks havoc yeah. on the spaceship. And it was actually pretty cool. I'm not sure that I'm into that, <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. But, uh, but, but yeah, now, now yeah. Leprechaun, Leprechaun four, uh, four in outer space. Uh, that was not a good one. Yeah. Let's, yeah, that's just not even, shouldn't have done, shouldn't have happened. Well, just file that under, mistakes uh, many franchises go 
further than they probably should but that's with sequels and stuff yeah people go keep keep going to see them so you know i will say that i love the nightmare on elm street movies i love them Mm -hmm. they terrified me as a kid and you know like growing up because i've always loved to be scared i'm super strange yeah um and i love those movies and i remember i would watch all of them I can't remember how many of them I've seen because there's like a thousand. There's a lot of them. But I remember the moment that I finally said to myself, we should probably stop now, was, and I don't remember which Nightmare on Elm Street movie it was, but there was a scene in it Yeah. where Freddy, okay, so one of the characters wears a hearing aid and he's in this like weird freaky dream sequence, of course, and he's running around this boiler room running from Freddy and then all of a sudden Freddy's gone and he thinks like he's outrun him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the camera zooms in to a little tiny Freddy standing on his hearing aid and he turns the hearing aid all the way up and the guy's head explodes. (laughs) And that's the moment where I said to myself, maybe we should have stopped in the movie prior. (laughs) (laughs) We're out of ideas, everyone. (laughs) Sounds like a very unique idea to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of those series that uh, a lot of people say have have gone too far, and now that they've now that they've stopped, people have kind of I don't know if your if your thoughts change if they're being still actively making movies. The two big series that that spring to my mind that were semi recent is the Saw series, yeah, and Final Sorry. Destination series. Yeah, I I never could get into Saw. Like the first one was great because it was just so different, right? It was so mm-hmm. different than anything that was out. Oh yeah, and it was scary. But I just never then after that it just never really was able to grab me in the same way, you know? Because how like I guess for me it was like this has been established that this is what this is, right? This right. guy is doing this to people mm-hmm. because of this. And it doesn't matter how many creepy ways you figure out. Although, I do think the one with the house was cool. Which one was that? Um, where they had to find their way out of that house and there was a bed of needles. That three? No, it was horrible. Because that was where the torch, well, again, minor spoilers for people who haven't seen, but that's where the torch started to get passed from Jigsaw to oh, yeah, Amanda. To the Amanda. The, gal, right. the bed of needles. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So that is commitment to your job. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but um, yeah, Saw Saul was an interesting concept, but yeah, it felt like it got stretched a little thin throughout the movies. Well, because they kind of gave it all away in the first movie. Like yeah. I felt like like they didn't leave anything unanswered in the first movie. Like I felt satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just kept coming back. Yeah. Final Destination, though, I do. Like I understand that eventually the series spiraled into just an excuse of how what are the creative ways that we can kill someone. Yes. But but even that as a conceit for a scary movie, not terrible. No. I liked Final Destination. I'm not sure that I ever saw the Final Destination one. We didn't the fifth one or the sixth one. I don't know. But I mean I've seen all the other ones, but Yeah, I do like Final Destination. We used to watch those in high school and it would scare mm-hmm. the crap out of us. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Super awesome. Um Remember the, remember the ring, the Japanese the ring. the Ringu that was translated into, yeah. or that was remade for American audience, Ring. Then there was the Ring 2, which was wildly underwhelming and nobody really liked. There was, it was supposed to come out this month, but it got put, it's got been pushed to January, uh, a movie called Rings, the, the, the third one. 
Rings. Rings. As in Lord of the. Yeah, I, I mean. No, I, mean, I guess that's flown, just the one, isn't it? No, that's, that's all. It's flown extremely. Why under am I the radar. questioning myself? I don't know. Anyway, is it supposed to be good or what? What are we know. doing? I don't know. Like, is it like a prequel or a sequel? I don't know much about it, and usually when movies get bumped, it's usually not like a good a bad, sign. Uh, yeah, it's so, a bad thing. Um, but I, you know, there. I don't know. There's been a lot of movies that that felt like they were headed for <clears throat> series territory that, that never got there. The Grudge was another was another one. I liked that movie. Although I do believe Grudge Two came out in theaters. I think Grudge There's a Grudge Three that went right to video. That uh, that's yeah. obviously not a good sign for that. The but. Grudge I thought was cool, and I think Japanese horror they do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually pretty scary. Yeah, they push the envelope. Um. But I thought the grudge was cool, and I used to make that noise to freak out my friends. Oh yeah, the, the, the uh, that, was, yeah, that was always a fun one to do. So, um, there's a Japanese horror movie on our Netflix queue that we haven't watched yet called The Host that we do need to check. Isn't out. that the one that Stephanie Meyer wrote, The Twilight Girl? No, the same same title, vastly different. Well, yeah, because I don't want anything to do with no, that, that other one. No, that is not. No, this one is. It's yes, this one was called. The host, so it shares a title, but is is a wildly different different story. All so, right. um, I guess another franchise that is, does pretty okay, but they're pretty hit and miss is Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Um, franchise on like five now. I think so. The marked ones. Right, no, that it, was the last one. They've stopped you right now because we're on to Ghost Dimension. Ghost Dimension. They've st- or, yeah. The other side or some. Right. Cause they, BS. They, well, they've stopped numbering them now because yeah. they they numbered one, two, and three. Yeah, and four was the marked ones, ones, and this one is the the ghost dimension or whatever. So, like I said, they're pretty hit and miss. I thought, you know, I don't know, and it's hard. Found footage type films are hard to get into, I think. But they they there's an opportunity for some really cool camera work in a found footage. Mm-hmm. Like I think, what is it, the second or third one, where they put the camera on that rotating fan. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had it set up in the kitchen and it would just go excruciatingly slow from one side <laughs> to the other and you're just like sweating the whole time like what's going to be over there. And I don't think anything ever was. No, I think there was one where they one where they panned and they and they and you saw something and you panned away like no 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 don't go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go back and and it's completely gone or yeah. and I'm like I'm getting getting the kind of the chilies just just thinking about it here. So. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is that same movie. I can't remember if it's two or three i wish i could but um it's that same paranormal activity and i thought this was really cool and really artsy but it scared the crap out of me was there was a babysitter doing her homework at a table Mm. and it was the rotating fan again and the rotating fan came around and there was presumably right yeah one of the kids with a sheet over them standing behind her um like playing a joke on her or whatever the camera pans away the camera comes back and the sheet just falls to the ground yeah and that for whatever reason it's so simple and but it just like scared the crap out of me because i'm like no this is horrible like you just lulled me into a false sense of security and then like ugh, it was so cool so yeah but those movies are pretty good yeah most of the time sometimes it's a stretch like the whole marrying the devil thing it's just yeah Going, Can we just be ghosts? Like, no, you know that's that's the difference of the you know <laughs> the genre has a lot of different uh, different ideas of of what is scary and what people find scary. So, um, the found footage 
genre obviously has been around for a long time. And one thing that I find as as an interesting litmus test, if you will, uh, of people in terms of what they're into or what they're scared by or not scared by is to ask them their thoughts on the Blair Witch Project. See, because when when I watched the Blair Witch Project, when it first came out, I was like, I think maybe like in middle school. Maybe. Okay, it came out in 99. So you'd okay, been nine so I was nine. Old. So did you see it when it first came no, out? No, like, but I know I was young. Like I saw I was in middle school because I wasn't supposed to be watching it. <laughs> But so I watched it and I was terrified. Yeah. But then when I watched it with you again as like a 23 year old woman, yeah. I was not scared. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, because it just wasn't enough. There was, it was too much like left to your own imagination, right? Sure. Like you didn't see enough of the scary stuff. Well, and I think that's, again, as part of as movies and things evolve. I mean, we have to think that this is, this is a movie now that is 17, yeah, I guess 16, 17 years old. I mean, I remember seeing it in the theater and it was like, that was the social experience. Like everybody was crap in their pants because this was a movie where you had to pay attention. You know, like theaters nowadays, there's cell phones going off, kids, you know, people, dum-dums take babies to, to 10 p.m. scary movie showing. Stop, for no I can't reasons. deal with that. Oh, you know, but, that makes me so mad. But it, but the Blair Witch, you had to listen because you heard like kids laughing in the distance. Uh, you could hear a pin drop in, in, in that theater because everybody was straining to hear what was going on. So it was one of those, it, it was like an experience that I don't think like physically can't be replicated today. Um, you know, and it's just one of those things where, um, like you said, it, it depends, I think, where and when you saw it. Yeah. Because I don't think now that it, in the in the glut of found footage movies, I don't think it's considered as, as you know, as groundbreaking now, even though it, it clearly was. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Yeah. There's so many good ones out there. Yeah. You know what I'm a little over are movies about people being possessed yeah. by the devil. Well, yeah, we had a little run on those, the, the, the possession of and the exorcism of this and that and, and I, the other. And I guess they're scarier, and this is going to get weird, so sorry about it. <laughs> I'm sure they are scarier for people who believe that can happen, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like for people, you know, who think, and if you're one of those people, that's awesome, and I'm sure that scares the crap out of you, but like who actually think like there are demons who can <laughs> possess people you know whereas me i you know none of that is a thing in my little world so it just and it's scary like the the effects that some of the movies use oh, yeah. like the voices mm -hmm. and you know the making their bones do unnatural things you know that stuff is scary and yeah. it's cool but i'm just a little over it and i think movies sometimes can rely on Things like that, like, oh, well, our movie's about possession, so it's really scary, and we don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Sorry, I don't know why I just got so passionate yeah, about you that. You all upset about it, so. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, si since we're in October now, obviously, we're getting, um, this is kind of the, the prime time when scary movies come out in the theaters. Um, we've got yes. one that I think we we might be checking out this weekend that that we're very interested to see. Uh, it's a Guillermo del Toro del Toro film, uh, Crimson Peak. Ooh, I'm so excited! Looks very interesting. It looks very uh, stylized, which which I like. Um, similar. It, it reminds me, in that regard, it reminds me of the first Woman in Black movie. A kind of you know stylized yeah. uh, period piece, if you will. But I feel like Crimson Crimson Peak, whereas Women in Black was very like. It was a period piece, but it was like really dark, mm -hmm. like the whole time. 
I think even like when they weren't even in the house, it was still like a really darkly or like a dimly lit movie. And I feel like Crimson Peak, I like it. I feel like they are, it's more of like whimsical than, I guess that's the word I would use. They're like going for more like whimsy, but still scary. So kind of like Tim Burton-esque, but probably not quite there i think it's gonna be much scarier than 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 a burton film but i understand what you're saying like they clearly the style right is what i mean yeah and i mean clearly in in the preview you know like some movies are like yeah this is gonna be a scary movie but you're not sure where the scares are coming from you're not sure what the explanation is in this movie they're like hey guess what this girl's in a house chuck full of ghosts and crap right deal with it you know and and that's what that's what intrigues at least me that that's what intrigues me for the movie is to go see what the explanation is, how this stuff all kind of comes together, and what the heck truly is going to happen to these characters, you know? Right. Because there's the insinuation that the character that Tom Hiddlesworth plays is 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 much older, you know, is almost like an immortal type being. You see some old pictures of him, you know, from from way back in the day and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to check out. So yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. Um, a movie that um, I just saw this week on an advanced screening it was not a scary movie, but it has roots in things that was really scary for young a lot of young adults for a long time. Uh, last night was it just last night? Yeah, last night I got to see um, the Goosebumps. Goosebumps! I used to love the Goosebumps. Right, and that's like I could tell sitting in the theater. Like there's a lot of people who were you know like probably in their twenties, but like remembered reading these books growing oh, up. Oh. Yeah, I used to read them all the time, and I was I was like scared of them, but right. I couldn't stop reading them. That and I'm gonna pay homage back to the '90s Nickelodeon era. Are you afraid of the dark? Afraid but of the yeah, dark? sure. Goosebumps was cool because R.L. Stein was smart in really playing to his audience mm-hmm. um, because he knew that younger kids were gonna read this, and Go so ahead. he made them like. He made the stories, I think, so fantastical, like a werewolf, like living in somebody's basement or, you know, gnome, like lawn gnomes coming to life, things like that. Things that no adult would be scared by, but that wasn't his target. Right. right? So like, but when I'm reading that as like an eight year old, I'm like, oh, I can't sleep. He took (laughs) Yeah. He took things that kids found a little creepy to begin with and really kind of put, put the highlight on them. Like I remember... I was right on the cusp of, of of Goosebumps. I didn't get it. I didn't didn't get a chance to get into it uh, a lot, but I do remember the one that I read that really kind of stuck with me. And fortunately, was was featured heavily in the movie was Night of the Living Dummy, because mm. you're like ventriloquist dummies are oh, already creepy yes. to kids. They're these little That's things, a good one. <laughs> and you know, right? You got that. Um, you know, there was the blob that ate everything. Um, you know, just just these random, you know, random kind of things. The haunted car. I do remember the haunted, the haunted car because it was before one. I knew how to drive. You know, and you know, a lot of young adult kids who are reading that, you know, they're like cars are kind of a mystery to them anyways. Yeah. So yeah. So um, the Goosebumps movie, again, not overly scary, but very cool for kind of what it was. And and if you were in that range, go check it out. It's it's surprisingly entertaining. My favorite Goosebumps story or the one that scared me the most. And you'll have to tell me if this was in the movie was um, the kid who went to go buy a mask for Halloween and every time you put it on, he like couldn't get it off. And it was really scary. Um, I don't recall specifically seeing that one. I don't remember what it was called. The gnomes were there. The, the haunted car. The the living dummy. The, the aliens that had the freeze rays that would come and freeze oh. people. 
um, the giant, uh, the the attack of the fifty foot praying mantis, the the praying the big praying mantis was was in there. Um, the killer clown, of course, uh, was there. Um, the zombies, you know, I mean, just kind of a kind of his his greatest is the abominable snowman, you know, things like that. So, um, so good. And I wonder if if goosebumps was a new thing today. Yeah. If the if eight nine year olds today would be as scared by goosebumps as I was in the nineties. Yeah. Well I mean I think it's all it Oh, is. it was called the mutant mask. The haunted mask. Okay. The haunted mask. And it looked like this. Look at this terrifying picture. That's pretty creepy. Everybody listening right now, Google the haunted <laughs> mask goosebumps. It's terrifying. Yeah. And that's the one that stuck with me more than anything else. I think series or, you know, things like this are very cyclical and i'm i'm surprised that something hasn't come along like that because like this was a little bit more in your ballpark than than it was mine but in mine back in 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 the 80s the big thing and a lot of them were scary some of them weren't were the choose your own adventure novels yeah i wasn't really well right because but that was again for the time there wasn't that level you know like we didn't have the internet and mobile games and things like that. Like this was the way to like control what you were doing, you know, like I'm going to make these choices. And if I make the wrong choice, the, the mummy's going to get me or the aliens are going to invade, you know, things like that. It was like you, you, you worked to find the way out. And this was before, you know, video games and things like that were really prevalent in, or at, le- at least the video games that, that told that kind of serious in-depth narrative that mm-hmm. you could go through. So, it, um, you know, uh, I guess, if anything, yeah, probably the probably the difference now is our um, apps, you know, or you know, like a you know, scary, like a I don't want to say like apps are like a choose your own adventure, but you know, I mean, to an extent, they are. You you know, you make the choices. You go through a game, you know, if you play a scary game, you know, like a Resident Evil or something like that, you know, you're going through and you're in control of your own fate for better or for worse. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, trying to think, uh, oh, I, I mean, again, this, this is getting a bit back there and hopefully listeners, we, I know we have listeners of, of, of all ages and I'm sure they appreciate this, but I grew up watching repeats of this show, but people who saw this show when it was on new and, you know, things like that. I'm confident like, like this was like the all end all for them. Like this was like the scary entertainment things like, um, the Twilight Zone, mm, you know, Dark Shadows. I mean, these are like the like like the classic front runners that told stories in a time where people weren't doing things like this. So, um, you know, it was. Um, I mean, there there's always been, you know, as as time goes on, there's always like a new wave of things that are like sure. it for for that particular generation, and that's yeah. the cool thing about about all genres, but particularly scary stuff, is that you can go back and watch A Night of the Living Dead from 1968 or A Twilight Zone from the early 60s and still pretty much be just as scared, even more so many times, as something that comes out yeah, today. Sure, definitely. So. I agree. Well, we want to hear everyone's opinion as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, get at us and let us know what we've missed, what you enjoy that we didn't talk about, uh, something that we did talk about that you're into. Um, come find us. Swing by the Facebook page over at facebook.com yes. slash popcultish. Uh, yeah. Find us on Twitter at B-B-E, popcultish. 
Um, send us an Instagram at Pop Cultish of uh, your, your your favorite scary movie poster or whatever, things like that. Please use the hashtag. Wait, I need to think of a good hashtag for a scary movie. All right. You keep thinking. Hashtag. Oh, man. Hashtag spooky. How many, how many O's would that be? You just, <laughs> you just guess. Wow. That's going to yep. be a lot of different mm-hmm. hashtags. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, we'll be back uh, again next week, probably to talk about more scary stuff, since we'll still be in the in the height of of, of Halloween season there. So, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that that's a good spot to put a cap on it for this week. I think so. Cool. So. All right. Well, yeah, we'll catch you catch you on the flip side there. Yeah. We'll see you later. And until we do, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to do three things. Go for it. I'm gonna need you to be passionate. Yeah. Also to be proud. Mm-hmm. And most importantly. Done and done. All right. Bye-bye.